Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Joining us right now on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline, she is the senior NFL analyst for NBC Sports. She is my friend, Samantha Button. What's going on? Earl, how are you? I'm well. First time we talk like this. I, yeah, you know, the last time I think I talked to you on air was in a Twitter spaces when we thought that Deshaun Watson was going to the Falcons. And I think we were all talking about getting Matt Ryan. So it's been a minute. <laughs> yeah. We're a long way from that. I know the other day, uh, you know, I, I got called out the bullpen and uh, I was screening calls for Spencer. And like, when you heard me, you was like, wait, you don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> so Samantha, you are the general manager of the, of the Cleveland Browns. Kareem Hunt says, Samantha, listen, I really love being here in the city of Cleveland. This is my hometown. I want to be a Cleveland Brown for life. I want to help this team win a Super Bowl. But I know what I'm worth. I know that on any other team, I'm a starting running back. So I need a contract that's that's fair market value or trade me. And GM Bunton says what back to Kareem Hunt? Oh, I think I have to trade him um, for a lesser contract. I mean, I, I guess it's how much money do you want? Kareem. I mean, it's a crowded running back room, and unfortunately, you are RB2 under the circumstances. You're also a guy who runs really hard. You are 27 years old and have a pretty lengthy injury history, and while I I think that the skill set is incredibly valuable to the Browns, it's also, I don't want to say replaceable because I don't think that's fair to Kareem Hunt, Um, certainly not by anybody in the mix, but replaceable relative to cost. Sure. Um, it's, I mean, it stinks. And the Browns have the money, so there's a way to justify it just by saying you have it, let's spend it. But unless he's looking for something that is, I think, a much smaller base and much more incentive-laden, kind of akin to you know, what he's working under right now, then I think you have to move on. So you bring up some good points there because if you look at the Browns running back room, if you look at the Browns offensive line, I get what you're saying. It's, you're not saying like, hey, the guys behind him are necessarily better, but – you know, the Browns can move on and still, you know, sustain success at, at that position. And I can understand the injury history. I can understand the age. And I think the average age of this team has been somewhere around 24 and 26 years old since Andrew Barry has been GM, right? Yeah, yeah. And, well, and Barry hates, hates, hates aging up. And, and there's some, I think, pretty good data to suggest that, that he's right to be careful about that. And obviously a running back, you know, this would be a third contract for him. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's easy for us if you put your, if I take off my GM hat and put on my fan hat, I'm going to go, well, we love what Kareem Hunt has been able to do for the Browns, and you have the money to pay him, so pay him. 
But pragmatically speaking, as, as much as we'd love to see that right now, uh, so much of this is about, I mean, if he wasn't holding in and then demanding a trade, would anybody be suggesting that we do this? No, of course not. And I also think this is something we're going to see a lot more of now um, with the way that the cap is changing and the fact that there's going to be a lot more money in the pot um, and a lot more money is going to be coming in from the TV deals and, and all that kind of stuff. Like, we're going to see a lot more people saying, hey, I want to be paid more. I want to be paid sooner. So buckle up, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I definitely get that. Now, is this a situation? Okay, so we remember, you know, when Jarvis Landry was acquired by John Dorsey and he got the new contract. And then a year later, John Dorsey traded for Odell Beckham. And next thing you know, you have so much money tied up within, you know, two wide receivers out the entire group. Is this a situation that Andrew Berry has looked at what has been done and he might not want to repeat that same that same story? Yeah, and I think he probably shouldn't. Um, I, another thing about this is I think with the quarterback situation being what it is going forward, you're not necessarily looking to sink all of your money and really invest all of your offense into the running back room the way that you used to be, right? So there's that piece of it as well. I think that when you were working with a quarterback who did not have the skill set that Deshaun Watson, presuming that he does make it onto the field at some point this season, has, that you're a lot more dependent on that. You're a lot more motivated to pay for something like that. But I think there's something to what you're saying as well where, yeah, I mean, there was a – I don't know that we would truly call that a mistake, uh, the way that that was handled, because realistically, what else were the Browns going to buy with that money that would have changed their fate? probably nothing that was going to make that big of a difference, even though, yes, it was too much money tied up in the receiver room. But it is a good lesson, I think, and that just because you have it at the moment doesn't mean you won't regret doing it later. Now, we we both know, I think, well, the world knows what's going on with Deshaun Watson. <laughs> uh, what we thought was the, the end of this whole saga uh, seems like it's really just only beginning, you know, with the NFL appealing this situation. So as that pertains to the Cleveland Browns, right? there's a strong possibility that Deshaun Watson won't be available, you know, in the regular season game for the Browns for God knows how long. And so if you look at the wide receiver room, outside of Omari Cooper, there's not much experience there. We've had a lot of our callers call in and talk about Hunt being this dual threat. With Jacoby Brissett being the starting quarterback as, as we work through the whole Deshaun Watson thing, how valuable is Kareem Hunt to him? Is that part of the reason why, you know, Andrew Barry doesn't want to trade him at this very moment when you look at the lack of veteran uh, players in the wide receiver room, when you look at being down a player of the caliber of Deshaun Watson, does that play a role of him not wanting to trade him right now? Oh, I absolutely think it does. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think it's, it's part of why the timing on this is so bad, right? Because if we were going into a situation where – I mean, even if we knew what was going to happen with Deshaun Watson, because, uh, you know, with this likely headed to federal court and an injunction coming, like, Deshaun Watson might be out there week one. You might be fine, you know? <laughs> we, we don't know. We have no way of knowing at this point. And it's probably not going to get resolved fully anytime soon. So, yeah, I think with Brissette out there, you have a lot more motivation. And, I mean, then there's arguments against this, too. You know, again, we can talk about how there are other running backs who can do that. We can talk about keeping a third tight end and a Johnny Stanton type or something like that. But it's not the same thing. And I think it would be a good security blanket for a guy like Jacoby Brissette. So then the question becomes, okay, if 
we're talking about, I don't know, let's split the difference and assume they settle and say it's like 10 games, right? So you're without Deshaun Watson for 10 games. Is it worth it to keep Kareem Hunt there, I mean, knowing that he might choose to sit out anyway if you're not willing to give him the contract that he wants for 10 games against the cost of what it would be for a multi-year contract, knowing that Deshaun Watson is going to be back and be your quarterback and the whole thing becomes kind of moot going forward. Is it worth it? to do it just for that length of time, I don't know. I mean, this is the problem with all this uncertainty, right? It's like we have no idea where we're at. And the Browns are, as far as we know, not necessarily looking at this as a lost year with or without Deshaun Watson in the sense of, well, we're just giving ourselves up for dead. That's not exactly what they're doing. So there would be some motivation there for sure. And it's pretty easy to justify why Brissett in particular would be better off with Kareem Hunt on the field. Yeah, I agree with you. A lot of people think for whatever reason that I guess not having Deshaun Watson means that the Browns are planning on quote-unquote punting on the season. But me and you have the same mindset. Like, there's 50, 53 other guys in this locker room who have the attitude like, well, wait, we here too. You know, we, we can get some things done as well. And I don't think that's been the Cleveland Browns mindset at all that this season is a loss without Deshaun Watson. But let's say Deshaun Watson is not here. They've already seem, seemingly committed themselves to Jacoby Brissett being his, the starter. A lot of people are talking about, you know, Jimmy G. So outside of Jimmy G, can you see the Browns bringing somebody else in to be Jacoby Brissett's backup? If so, who? Uh, I think it's unlikely. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo is also unlikely because um, that really requires you to keep the second playbook, which I don't think is practical um, from a financial <laughs> standpoint or – an offensive strategy standpoint. I mean, I, I remember you and I talked about this months ago about like why Jimmy Garoppolo. Are you kidding me? No, yeah. uh, that is not the answer to this. Yeah, I'm a no on Jimmy G myself. Yeah, that's a no. I mean, great guy. Wish all the best for him, but no. Uh, uh, uh. Um, so I think if you bring in somebody else, it's probably more like an insurance plan rather than competition because. Look, you're not punting on the season. Um, I think if you were in this situation with Deshaun Watson and you had a much younger, much less talented team, then, yeah, you're going to punt on the season, right? You're not going to worry about it. You're just going to throw Jacoby Brissett out there and go, good luck, man. Like, <laughs> we're building for next year. See you in 2023. We'd love to be pleasantly surprised. But that's not the situation here at all. It's not what the rest of the roster look like. And I know somebody's going to come back and say, well, the roster looked similar last year with Baker Mayfield, and look what happened. Well, Baker Mayfield was severely injured, wouldn't get off the field. The team wouldn't take him off of the field. We can argue till we're all blue in the face about whether or not the ceiling is higher on healthy Baker Mayfield versus healthy Jacoby Brissett, and we're all going to land in different places. But I, what was going on last year doesn't really have much in common with what's going on this year. So, yeah, I mean, I, I could see them bringing in somebody as an insurance policy. I don't think there's going to be anyone who's going to be of the same caliber, mostly because there's just not really anybody available right now. And most of the names I've heard tossed out there, I just went, oh, no, I never want to see that guy again. So because there's some scarcity on the market, I, I don't think I have anyone who I would say I think they should bring in this person. <laughs> Outside of Amari Cooper, the Browns really don't have a wide receiver on this team that's really accomplished much in the NFL. I know there's a lot of people high on what Donovan Peoples-Jones can possibly do. Um, David Bell was just activated off the pulp list. Will we see him practice today? I think so, but probably in a limited capacity. And, and I think that's good. I, I think we need to see a little something there. Like you mentioned, it's a really inexperienced receiver room, which is, 
I don't think as big of a tragedy as it is being made out to be. Uh, in some places, right, people are really, really panicked about this. And, you know, again, it comes back to the quarterback situation to an extent, and that's going to matter a lot more if the bulk of the season is played by Jacoby Brissett rather than Deshaun Watson. But, um, yeah, I, you know, Schwartz, Donovan Peoples-Jones, there are a number of guys who seem to be some differing opinions out there and some incredible differing opinions about who's going to be the person who kind of steps up and takes over. But really, it's Bell, I, I think, for now, at least for the time being anyway, that we need to see out there. So I, if I'm the Browns, I'm going to be a little bit conservative with him. Um, the last thing we want is somebody extending their time uh, where they're unavailable to participate in actual regular season games because we're going too hard in training camp. So I'm a big fan in pretty much all instances of err on the side of caution. There's nothing to be gained uh, by sending somebody out there too early going too hard in training camp. (laughs) You know, one of the, uh, speaking of rookie wide receivers, one of the camp standouts so far was wide receiver Michael Woods. It seems like every time that you looked up, somebody was either talking about him or you were seeing videos of him uh, catching another touchdown. And I understand, like, yesterday he missed a second straight practice due to a hamstring injury. Uh, Coach Stefanski said he he would, quote, miss some time. So this is a soft tissue injury for a guy that was showing a lot of promise. Is he going to be out for an extended period of time? Or is this something that, you know, he can try to make his way back to and possibly be ready for, I don't know, the second preseason game? Yeah, I mean, because of the type of injury that it is, it makes me a little bit nervous. And every time we see these sort of early soft tissue injuries like this, you think, okay, I'm glad it's not more serious, but it's also the kind of thing that tends to linger and nag and hang around. So, I mean, fortunately, I think we're talking about a player who is extremely unlikely to be cut. That's not really on the table. But, again, you don't want to rush him back, right, especially if this is not necessarily somebody who is – integral to your 2022 plan. It's more somebody who everybody is pretty excited about for the future. And I know that we all kind of put way too much stock into what we see early in camp because we're also starved for football, right? It's been forever. We all feel like it's been 10 years since we've seen a game. We're super excited and we tend to get really wound up about things like that and forget that we haven't actually seen any this person in NFL game action. And I'm not at all saying I don't think Woods is a legit talent or anything like that. I'm just saying that, like, I think we all need to take a step back here and say, like, okay, you know what? This is not necessary to the plan for this season. So if it's more beneficial to keep him back and sort of keep him around and allow him to heal up, and again, you know, I come back to the idea that it's, it's camp, unless you are sort of fighting for your life for a roster spot, and I'm not sure that's the situation for him at this point, then it's better to be cautious. So we have Schwartz that's, you know, working his way back from an early camp injury. We have uh, David Bell, who should make his training camp debut in some capacity, uh, hopefully today or who knows. And now we have Michael Woods, who just went down. Is there any talks of adding a wide receiver, say, I don't know, by the names of Will Fuller? Oh, there should be. There should be. Uh, it's a little bit hard to understand why, and, you know, perhaps there's sort of financial uh, things going on in the background that we don't know about yet, but I, why wouldn't you? I mean, you have the money to do it, and you could use the insurance. Uh, there's just too many injuries too little experience there. Now, I realize I'm saying we have too many injuries, and then I'm talking about Will Fuller, um, <laughs> somebody who's had a fairly extensive injury history himself. But 
there comes a point where when you have too many people who are too banged up, like you just kind of need bodies. And this is somebody who would be way more than just a body, right? So if you're looking at, at particularly the experience issue as well, uh, it would be lovely to have somebody else out there who has more NFL experience, uh, regardless of missed time due to injury or what have you. I mean, I guess my question to the Browns on that is why not? Yeah, I'm with you on that. Why not? I think, the, you know, a guy like that, we understand the injury history. Uh, it would be excellent to uh, add him to the room and see what he can do. She is Samantha Button, uh, senior NFL analyst of NBC Sports. She's joining us on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. All right, Samantha, I'm going to get you out of here on this. We all know what's going on with Deshaun Watson. Uh, we have practice today. We're off tomorrow. And then next Friday, we're finally playing football. Is Deshaun Watson playing Friday? And if he is, how much is he playing Friday? Uh, if he plays at all, I think it will be in a very limited capacity. Uh, I think the Browns are probably trying to be careful to kind of keep the spotlight off of this uh, as much as they can. It just kind of draws them unwanted attention, which is terrible and unfair, and this is not the way that this should be going at all. But I think the fact of the matter is, is you're going to want to do it pretty limited. Also, at this point, and, and this may change, I, I suppose this is something that we have to see what happens because probably the appeal, you know, they are, the NFL is pretty motivated to expedite that. So if we have a better idea of sort of how this is going to go and whether we're going to end up in federal court and there's a possibility of an injunction, if you think Deshaun Watson start in week one, if you think there's even a chance of that, then he should be taking more snaps. Otherwise, you need to give those snaps to Brissett because like you and I were both saying, not giving up on the season, right? Just because Jacoby Brissett is starting X number of games for however long in the first half of the season. So at that point, I think it behooves you to give him the majority of the snaps. And I would also urge everybody to remember that it is the first preseason game. And we often don't see starters at all in there. So it also wouldn't surprise me if the Browns were just like, you know what? Nope. Uh, don't need to do this in this game right now. <laughs> Samantha, as always, man, it's a pleasure when we get to link up and, you know, talk some sports, talk some football. I truly appreciate you taking some time out your day to join me this morning. I hope you have a great Sunday and I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Oh, me too. Thanks so much for having me, Earl. Always a pleasure. Absolutely. Be great today. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment down payment tax and delivery may be required see store for details how powerful is cox internet powerful enough to let your band members in vegas phoenix and rhode island jam like you're all in the same garage get cox internet powered by fiber with america's fastest download speeds it's internet built for tomorrow today Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles. And Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone. Whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. 
The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.